When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking City. I'm James Robson, Manchester City Editor of the Manchester Evening News. I'm joined today by Charlotte Dunker and Simon Bukowski. Hello. Hi. Hi. Today we're going to be talking all things transfers. Uh, you'll have to forgive us if you're picking this up on Friday or over the weekend or next week or whenever. Any time other than before 11 o'clock on Thursday as recording has happened on Wednesday. So if there are any late deals that we haven't mentioned... Our apologies. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's, let's go. go. So, transfer deadline day. Easy one to start with. What do you think is going to happen? I to City. think that they will get Alexis Sanchez over the line um, without Sterling leaving the club. I think that they'll just stump up the extra cash, which begs the question, what we were talking about before, Pe- um, Sanchez has obviously been Pep's target since the first day of the summer. Why City just didn't go straight to Arsenal and try and thrash out this deal months ago rather than leaving it till the last day. It's not like his value's suddenly gone up. Um, so I think they will pay the extra money, but it could be one of them where we're all waiting here late tomorrow night for it to go through. But if everyone was sensible, then we'd never have an exciting transfer deadline day again, would we? Or actually, when was the last exciting transfer deadline day? Well, it's funny because after sort of the um, the peak deadline day with. Peter Odom Wingy in a car park and things like that. Absolutely. We've kind of sidled away in the last few years, away from the excitement. And uh, it, it's been, City have been very sensible getting all the business done early. You know, I think the last person they signed on deadline day was Martin Dimichaelis in 2013, and that was like the end of a window. Um, whereas now. That was an unforgettable deadline day. Yes, truly unforgettable. Um, but now, for the first time in a good few years, it looks like a lot of deals will happen on the day and City are going to be right in the thick of it because they've got to get a few players, a few important players in and they've got to get at least a handful of players out. Charlotte, you're a reality TV fan. Thanks for that. <laughs> Bear with me. <laughs> if Transfer Deadline Day was a reality TV show, you'd uh, it would have been revamped, wouldn't it? Oh, I saw your tweet before. I just thought you were angling for a retweet from Gary Barlow, to I be was. honest. I didn't. Right. I did, wonder, I did wonder where you were going with that, to be honest with you. If you're listening to it and Gary Barlow has retweeted James, he'll be We take, we take it all back. <laughs> what do you mean a revamp? Do you mean you think it should oh, be yeah, cloaked? desperately dull, aren't they? But transfer deadline day isn't just made for an exciting day to sit in front of the TV, is it? It's just the closing of time when clubs can, <laughs> when clubs can sign players, so... A revamp. So what no for, ideas for the, revamp for the excitement? No, not for excitement right. reasons. Well, I think there's been the discussions, obviously, that they should bring it forward and that it should close before the first day of the season. I think I'd agree with that. 
there's not all this... Well, this seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Because it's always in the international break. The players have gone all over the world and then suddenly it's like City are having to fly people to Chile to go and potentially do a medical with Sanchez. Whereas, obviously, if it had closed before the first day of the season, you wouldn't be having all them problems. So a revamp that way, yes. A revamp to make it more exciting for fans that want to sit in and watch Sky Sports News all day. Probably not. Well, the problem with your revamp is what happens in other countries. If we start it before, if we end it before the start of the Premier League season, mm. other leagues don't start at the same time. So what happens then? So English teams are susceptible to Barcelona or Real Madrid coming and taking their players? players, unless could no, because they could have a revamp across the whole the whole of the transfer window. Well, then that's not fair, is it? Because everyone else has got to stop, has got to make their their got to do their business just because wow, the English yeah. football league starts. But, but then, like so, keeping it open, what benefit is it to Arsenal? to have kept Sanchez until this point. Well, non-judging by his performance of the weekend. You know, he's been in, he's been injured for the first two games and then he's played at, Arsenal, at Liverpool where none of them have covered themselves in glory. And um, they've, you know, does that performance make them more or less likely to sell him or what? But, you know, it could have been decided a long time ago. It is, it is strange that, but it is, it's basically just an arbitrary date, mm. isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it just so happens it falls two, three weeks after the English league starts and, what, a week or so after other leagues start. But I don't really see how, how you make that work. No, I mean, the best thing from a business perspective is to do it early, like City did with Bernardo Silva and you get everything over the line, you've got all your players in place for the start of the season, but mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't always work with that like that, and especially the Confederations Cup this summer means that players like Sanchez have been away mm. um, and you just get this delay. That scuppered it a bit, didn't it, the Confederations Cup, but that still ended months ago, and like we were saying, Pep knew who he wanted and it's not been through because City only put their first official bid in for him yesterday, didn't yeah, they? Like, that's the weird they, thing. They've waited a long time to put a bid in for somebody that they knew they wanted months and months and months ago. Like, if they'd done this at the start of the summer, even when Sanchez was at the Confederations Cup, maybe they would have signed him already for the start of the season. And at least you've started the negotiations earlier, haven't you? Instead, yeah. we've had this kind of like almost phony war, haven't we? Where there's, this, there's this standoff. We've all known City have wanted him. Um, Sanchez knows City want him. We know that Sanchez wants to go to, to City. Uh, Arsenal say they're not going to sell. City have remained confident they would get him. And yet, no bid was made until a couple of days before the transfer window closes. But it makes for an exciting deadline day. Just like this, you want, James. Just the revamp. The revamp I was on about. So we think Sanchez is going to go to City, do we? Yeah. Yeah, I think Arsenal have changed their stance slightly in that you know they've said he wasn't for sale and now City have brought them to the negotiating table he's got 12 months left on his contract so they could lose him for free are you going to turn down 50, 60, 70 million for him and turn down 50 but I think more money will will see him come to City yeah it was a we were just getting to the point where I was thinking, maybe this time Arsenal are serious. Maybe this time it's different to Van Persie, it's different to Nasri, it's different to Fabregas, it's different to every other good player they've ever, ever had and, uh, and sold after saying they wouldn't sell them. And just at that point, they say, well, what about well, if you give us Sterling's instead? So that immediately opened it up, didn't it? And once that, there's that crack, isn't it? That's what gives City the, the belief that it can be done. Yeah, and you just wonder with Arsenal demanding a player um, or 
putting a player into the negotiations, you know, which City player would want to go to that team that's just been battered at Anfield. So we've got a great offer for Talking City listeners. Uh, we've teamed up with Beer52.com and by joining their beer club you can get expertly selected craft beers from home and abroad. We've got a great deal for listeners to get a crate of eight beers, mystery beers, for free. It normally costs 24 quid for a case, but all you need to do is pay 5 95 postage. Use the code MANCITY, that's all one word, that's MANCITY at beer52.com and get stuck in. So once the deadline is shut, once the transfer window is shut, Guardiola has got a big problem picking his strongest team, hasn't he? I think, I mean, we've just been looking today at if Sanchez comes in, what's his strongest team? And you couldn't pick one without leaving out at least two very expensive and absolute world-class players. What a luxury to have. He's going to upset people. Whatever team he picks, he's people are going to be upset. We were having a discussion before and we're struggling to fit De Bruyne in the side. Sounds and Aguero. Re- yeah. Oh, yeah, and Aguero. I think he's going to be the first one to be upset to be on the bench, which isn't going to... The City fans aren't going to like that either. But Jesus and Sanchez are probably going to be your first two picks up front, aren't they? We even had the discussion if he's going to play Sanchez up front by himself, then that leaves both... Aguero and Jesus on the bench. It also kind of leaves it on, it's all on Guardiola this time because like last year when the team weren't good enough, he looked at the bench, he thought, well, what, what more can the manager do? Mm. Whereas now if it's nil-nil or they're losing after 50 minutes, it's well, you've got three lads on the bench who've cost 100 million plus, you know, game changers. Why, aren't, why didn't they start? Bring them on. So I think it's going to be a lot more on him. There's always going to be every week, isn't it? It's going to be either yeah. brilliant substitutions or we got it wrong from the start. And that's obviously that's not very fair, is it? But what I would say is we've seen that already this season, I think, actually in all three games, that when he made the substitutions at Brighton, was it nil-nil he made nil, the substitutions? Nil, yeah. He brought on Sane, yeah. and he turned the game uh, against, against Everton. They were losing 1-0, he brought on Sterling, he turned the game. Yeah. Uh, and then again at the weekend, OK, the, the subs might not have, Turn the game, but he had those. He had Aguero coming off the bench, didn't he? I'm not sure. You look around the Premier League, uh, and I know United have got a very strong squad. I don't think anyone's got as many game changers on the bench as City have now, or will have, particularly when Sanchez comes. No, and that's what they need. They need a, they need a squad rather than just a really amazing first team eleven. They need a brilliant squad, and then if Sanchez comes and like Sai says, like you look on the bench and you have got game changers on the bench, and especially if they want to progress in the Champions League, that's when you need a big squad like that to be able to rotate these players. And I suppose that's the only way that Guardiola is going to say to keep them happy. If they're playing two, three games a fortnight, be like, well, not everyone's going to start every single game, and. You, you're going to be a part of a squad rather than him having his first choice eleven and sticking with that every week. I think you will see rotations. Your problem there, though, maybe I'm a glass half empty kind of person, but your problem there is that there's going to be a game in, against Barcelona or there's going to be a game against United or Chelsea, and you're going to have huge egos out of that out of that starting eleven. Now I know. You can't just play with 11 players. But I think most teams, even across Europe, you pick, for the biggest games, you know 
the vast majority of who's going to make that game. But for instance, I'm thinking with Real and with Barcelona, um, Suarez and Messi are always going to play, aren't they? Uh, Iniesta, uh, Ronaldo, Benzema as well, Modric, Cruz, they're always going to play, aren't they? At City, you could have a situation where, like, well, like last year when they played Barcelona, Aguero isn't in the starting eleven, And I think when it comes to that point, that's when you've got a problem. But that that again is all all on Guardiola. Those those matches are why you pay these coaches such large amounts of money because that's where they run. And I think there's a bit in uh, the book about Bayern. What's it called? Pep Confidential. Pep Confidential. Yeah, there's um, a bit in Pep Confidential where um, it's Champions League semi final against Real Madrid and Guardiola sort of trusts what his players want to do and they get battered and he then says should have stuck with my own instincts his instincts are what they need to rely on for for those big games they should have enough in the Premier League that they don't need the perfect 11 the only 11 that will work to beat Bournemouth or to beat Brighton you know they should have too much for them and then it's games like Liverpool that are coming up that you um you need Guardiola to, to pick the best team that's going to win and the players have to like it or lump it, as he says. Crucially, now this is absolutely Guardiola's team, isn't it? If you look at probably now when he, when he picks his starting eleven, the vast, vast majority of those players he will have signed and even the ones that he didn't like, De Bruyne and Sterling, they're ones that we believe he at least gave his approval to. It, it's It's his team now, isn't it? Yeah, so there's going to be none of this. Oh, I I don't didn't want that play or anything like that. It is, but you can already see from the way he's obviously totally revolutionised the way that City are playing, and he's changed the formation, and he's bought players that fit into his ideology and the way he wants to play. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be successful this season. But as we were saying before, they haven't really set the world alight in the first three games, have they? They've not. The, I think the good thing is the fact that they've shown a resilience that title-winning teams have to show. Mm-hmm. A resilience that probably wasn't there last season, a resilience that had probably ebbed away in Pellegrini's final season. You could say, in all of those games, you could have seen them dropping more points in previous years, I think. Even, even the Brighton one, when they were frustrated for a long time, and Brighton nearly scored, didn't they, before City did. Certainly the Bournemouth one, seven minutes into injury time. And Everton, everything went against them when they got a point out of it. They're really positive signs, aren't they, for, for a City fan? Well, last season, for instance, they were doing everything right and still dropping points. It was, I mean, referees never help, but, you know, they were just making defensive errors or Bravo was having a Bravo and letting it in. It was um, strange to see. But this year there is that resilience. I do wonder if the substitutes are, do make a psychological impact as much as, as their skills on the pitch. I think, um, is it Danny Rose who said that Tottenham players in that friendly saw him taking off half his team and then saw who exactly who was coming on? You know, it's no longer like we just need to keep Sterling at bay for 60 minutes and then they'll have to bring Navas on or something like. You're bringing on these game changes which must be debilitating, certainly for like Brighton or teams that just haven't got the resources to keep up with that. Um, so whether the substitutes really will have a, a big impact. 
How do we assess City's start to the season? I think it's been pretty solid. Um, like you say, the last season they probably wouldn't have got that last minute winner like they did at the weekend and stuff like that's going to boost them. Like the equaliser against Everton, scraping a point there and then winning three points at the weekend. It's stuff to build on after the international break. So I, th- I think the defence has actually looked all right. Um, going forward though they just need to take their chances the crosses are getting put into the box and there's just so been so many missed opportunities like City could have scored in most of these games like four, five, six goals and then to be scrapping it out for a 1-1 against Everton at home when you've missed all these opportunities but then bring in Sanchez and that could totally change everything Yeah, he's. I think he's, he's not looked particularly happy after every game so far this season and yet they've got seven points out of nine which says everything doesn't it yeah could have been nine though <laughs> you sound like you sound like Pep now <laughs> <laughs> well I, I I don't know I think they've disappointed a bit considering expectations were so high but then we helped set the expectations so high only to knock them down when they didn't um, beat teams 5-0 but there is so much attacking talent there that you think they could blow teams away every week um, so and they should. And they should. Although they shouldn't because the Premier League is really tough and every team gives it loads of effort. What did you make of that from Guardiola at the weekend? He was, I know it's his personal, it's his pet hate, that question. The question of, is this the hardest league in the world? And I understand why, because the suggestion there is that you've won all your trophies in leagues that aren't as hard as the Premier League. Um, I get his point about the fact where he says going to places like Sevilla is, is tough and what have you and Sevilla have been great in Europe but he can't honestly think that in Germany and in Spain it's not the case that their best teams just roll over the rest of the competition it's exactly what they do isn't it I mean Messi and Ronaldo score a million goals a season don't they <laughs> slight over exaggeration so, yeah well Ronaldo yeah. definitely didn't score a million goals in the Premier League he definitely didn't no but he, he's that. gone on to another level though since he it, left Manchester United he still looked a cut above most in the Premier League Oh, he was, he was fantastic, but in the Spanish league, it looks like he's playing against kids. And Messi. It's like a hat-trick <laughs> a game. Yeah, I, I, you can see why it bothers him, and he does get asked seemingly, at, I think, every away game. It's insulting, I guess. Questions yeah, like... I, I think it's insulting uh, to him, and I get that, and I think I would be bothered if people kept asking me that question, because I don't think you should belittle what he's achieved because his Barcelona team might have been the greatest team we've ever seen Uh, his Munich team were fantastic as well but you also have to say that those teams had such an advantage over everyone else the fact is in the Premier League there is no one with that advantage over the other teams is there? No but I also don't I don't get what's to be gained by it you know what no but if he turns around and says yeah alright it is the toughest like what what happens next? <laughs> I think he genuinely doesn't believe it's the toughest. I think he looks at a lot of what there is in the Premier League. Because, yeah. of course, he's a purist, isn't he? So, like, for instance, last season he said Bournemouth was the best team they'd played after they beat them 4-0 because they tried to play football. Yeah. So he probably looks at a lot of teams and thinks... Doesn't like Stoke. Exactly. And thinks, how can that be the toughest league in the world with a Stoke? But the fact of the matter is Stoke will beat Arsenal, who do play beautiful football, even now. Yes, yeah, correct. <laughs> I don't know whether, you know, he makes the point about the uh, Champions League, sort of Spain, 
Spanish teams do a lot better than English teams. Maybe they do because they don't come up against the same quality well, exactly, competition yeah. each week. They also have a football association that kind of helps them and arranges fixtures to help them in Europe rather than hindering as teams. And they also have to get it. in the top clubs the best players in the world. Yes, yeah. That helps. That helps as well, which Guardiola has found um, when he's come here. But again, like what what happens now if Pep says it is the hardest league in England or if he doesn't, where, he's opening, where do we go? Either way, he's opening himself up for trouble, isn't he? Because if he says, like he does say, it's not, the, it's not the hardest league in the world, well then why aren't you winning it like you did in, in other countries, as critics yeah. would say. If he says it is the hardest league in the world, as critics would say, and it's beating you. It's either like the silly foreigner who can't cop it or yeah. the silly foreigner who won't listen. I get it, and I'd be annoyed if that was yeah. asked. And if I'm entirely honest, I think his Barcelona team would would romp the Premier League, just like it did the, the Spanish League. And I think his Bayern Munich team would do the same in the Premier League. Where would his Manchester City team fare in the Bundesliga and La Liga? That's a good question. It is. Where? Do you have the answer? I'm asking the question, so you have to answer. That is the question. Or Charlotte can answer. Third in Third. La Liga. Third in the league. Behind Barcelona and Real. Yeah. This current Manchester City team, or last season's Manchester City team? Because we can't judge this one, can we? Because we've not had a season of it yet. Yeah, well... That's been the end of the season. All right. Last last season. Last season's Manchester City team, third in La Liga. Last season's would finish third. Yeah. You not agree? Well, no, because they went out in the second round of the Champions League, didn't they? City? Yeah. And you've just tried <laughs> so to make to you know you you've just tried to make the point that La Liga only has yeah. three two good players and two good teams, and then you <laughs> turn now you're turning round to say that City couldn't have even finished third. I don't I don't they know. Got knocked out by Monaco, who won League mm. One. I don't know. I haven't got the answer. To Where that. would they come in the French league? <laughs> well, they definitely wouldn't win the French league, would they? <laughs> <laughs> Judging by what happened against Monaco. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I, <laughs> I think uh, I think Guardiola's kind of made the point that he doesn't have the players of the quality that he had at Barcelona and Bayern, and I think that is a problem. That even is now, sort of, do you think that's the case? Or do you think yeah, now I think even got... now, I think you know, he was was he saying about um, Sterling if he could mm, finish, yeah. he'd be incredible. He said that about David Silva last year, he'd be top level. You know, De Bruyne's second table, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're some of City's best, but I think maybe those are some of the struggles that he's had coming to terms with this team and this league, where his ideas haven't always been played out. But, seemed... <laughs> but if he signs Alexis Sanchez, they will be closer will to being change. filled out. Maybe. Okay. Simple question to end it on. When the international breaks over and City are playing Liverpool, who starts up front? God. <laughs> you don't go for an easy one to finish it on, do you? <laughs> Sanchez and uh, Jesus. Depends who's been injured during the international break. <laughs> In this hypothetical world, no yeah. one's been injured and City have signed Sanchez. It'd be interesting, though, because to see whether they play three at the back or change formation. That again. wasn't the question. No, it wasn't. Um, I I really don't know. Aguero and Jesus. 
Ooh. Leave Sanchez on the bench to show that nobody gets a starting place. I agree with Charlotte. Forgot what Charlotte said. <laughs> that seems like a perfect place to end this. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.